Coming up on Influencing Entrepreneurs. She said, you need to take this concept of neighborhood candles and go to market in Atlanta, put up a booth and pitch this to other stores across the country. And I said, I can't do that. I, this is just a side hustle. Yeah. And she said, if you don't do it, somebody else will. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be none of that. <laughs> This season of Influencing Entrepreneurs is brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Organization of Charlotte and Spiracle Media. After years of teaching entrepreneurship and consulting business owners, I realized that true knowledge comes from the wins and losses of those entrepreneurs. These are the stories of those business leaders. I'm Casmer Ward, and this is Influencing Entrepreneurs. Well, we're here today with Julie Tassie, and you have made your entrepreneurial endeavor involved in the world of candles. And I, I want to hear about it, but I'm going to be honest with you. When I first heard of this, the first thing I thought of was Jan from The Office. Totally. And I gotta, I, I'm hoping it's a completely different story. <laughs> it's exactly that. like that. It is I have exactly. a little closet, and I would like for you to come in and say, yeah, no, exactly. Just so uh, let's start with your background. Okay. What, what were you originally doing before candles? I was, um, I'm a hopeless entrepreneur. So I've been an entrepreneur forever. So you were kind of were just born with it. It's in me. Yes. Right. It's in my DNA. Um, I went to college for business management. And when my girls were little, I had a stationary business and did wedding invitations and personalized gifts. So we're in the South. You fry it or you monogram it. Right. I monogrammed it. So I monogrammed everything and sold monogram gifts right. um, and started my little gift business. It was just me in my guest room, selling invitations, selling gifts, meeting with brides. And then when we were pregnant with our second, I realized something had to give. I was spread way too thin. Um, so about the time that our second daughter was born, I felt it was really clear that I needed to sell the stationary business. So I sold the stationary business. So, so you actually had a, a, a big enough book of business yes. that you could get someone to yes. buy it. Yes, and I had great relationships with wedding planners, with event um, coordinators. So they were continuing to give me event business. So that was a that was a nice transition. Helped transition the new owner. She did a great job. Did you was, make money on the sale? I, we didn't retire. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, honestly, didn't buy the boat. To, yeah, to sell a business where you're so integral... And not and be able to walk away from it. That yes. actually, I mean, that's hard to do. It wasn't my dream business. Um, it was very labor intensive, like you're saying. A lot depended on me. Right. So I was mostly selling my accounts and my contacts, right. um, but there was no real asset mm -hmm. to sell. So after a couple of years, I decided I wanted to ramp up that gift business that I had kind of kept on the back burner retry something. Yes. Or, let's yeah. try this again. Yeah. Yes. And now I'm going to have more balance. Yeah. So launched the gift business and my husband and I made a really important um, decision that we would not have any debt with this business. Um, and so that was part of our deal that I could grow little by little, mm -hmm. but I wasn't going to take out a loan for this new business. I wasn't going to invest anything I didn't have. Right. Couple of years into this gift business, somebody says, I need something right now. Now I'm doing pop-up shops. I'm doing all these little events. Do you have any employees at this point or? Um, no, my sister was helping me a little bit, but it was just fun. It was still fun. And so 
someone said, I need a gift right now. I said, well, it takes a week to get it monogrammed, a week to get this embroidered. The stationery takes a while. I had too long of a lead time for these gifts. Right. So I started selling a candle line, somebody else's candle line. Right. I bought them in bulk wholesale and then repackaged them and sold them to customers. And what is the repackage? Do you put your own label well, on it or is I, it the box? Or? No, I mean, I thought, I think it would look better if you just put it in a box with a bow. Yeah. So I was just selling the blue volcano candle. Everybody knows the blue volcano candle. At that point, anthropology, I think, was the only other place that had it. I didn't have see it in any other store. And it smells great. It's an awesome candle. But I stuck that thing in a box with a bow and I sold twice as many. So I started to think packaging is going to help me. Now I've got my stationary background. I've got my candles that are easy to sell and don't have this lead time of personalization. So I knew someone who was making candles and selling them at the farmer's market. And I said, how about I figure out all the packaging, you fill the candles for me. So we went that route a little while and I would find containers. I'd have her fill them with wax and fragrance that we worked on. And then I'd start packaging them. And I needed a name. I needed something to call these candles. The first one smelled expensive. So I called it Myers Park. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I started to think about, I wasn't just buying jars at different places and having her fill them. I needed to figure out something sustainable and something that was repeatable. So I started researching glass, boxes, bows, all the different ways that I package these candles to be able to sell them locally. And it was amazing. As soon as we gave one candle a neighborhood name, other people said, where's the Plaza Midwood? Where's the Dilworth candle? Where's the Ballantine candle? It just started going crazy. And how did they know to come to you? Um, I got them in a couple stores. Okay. So I, there is a totally different world, wholesale and retail. You're doing these right now just through word of mouth. Yes. And then have you, do Pop you have a website shops. yet? No, no. No website? My nothing. cell phone number was on the bottom label of every candle. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have anything. No, I was bootstrapping it. Remember, no debt. Like you do what you can. You just keep doing what you can. So, um, so you go from cell phone on a sticker on the box Yes. To retail. Yes. And the, the first um, couple shops that carried first it? First couple shops, it was great. Mm -hmm. um, one of the stores had a great marketing um, relationship with some really good names in Charlotte mm -hmm. um, that got the candles on the map. So people were coming to that store asking for those candles, asking for the new names. Where's the Dilworth candle? Where's the Uptown candle? Where's the Ballantine? She said... You need to take this concept of neighborhood candles and go to market in Atlanta, put up a booth and pitch this to other stores across the country. And I said, I can't do that. I, this is just a side hustle. Yeah. And she said, if you don't do it, somebody else will. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be none of that. So I told my husband, he at that time was at IBM. He said, I think this might be my exit strategy from corporate America. And sure enough, he started researching stores in Charlotte, researching stores in other cities that might be a good fit. Again, you asked what kind of stores are we talking about? Gift shops, stationery stores, higher end um, gift stores. And, and are they one-offs or are they part of a network? Most of them are individually owned mom and pop shops. 
Which means selling to a, those stores is tedious because it's one. You know what? It's easier than corporate. Oh, really? How so? <laughs> because they care. You know, you're talking to the owner of the store who's probably the one opening the boxes, who's making the buying decisions, who's paying the rent, who's paying the staff. There's that small business is alive and, and kicking in this, this country. It's pretty awesome. So you're not going to let anybody else go to Atlanta with your, your candles? No way. So you, you have this so, conversation with your husband? Had this conversation. He said, this is my exit strategy. Um, we went to Atlanta and got into a showroom. There are a couple different ways that you can pitch your business concept to retailers. Um, but in downtown Atlanta, there are three huge buildings called America's Mart. And retailers from all over the country go to shop there for what is going to go in their stores. So it's this phenomenal marketplace as a wholesale manufacturer where we're going to have, have exposure to all of these different stores. And they're going to have exposure to us. So that really helped us get on the map because okay. I'm not driving all over the place. So, so as you're doing that, I'm, I'm assuming the research you have to do going in is you've got to know what all those neighborhoods are. Going that is in. so funny you, you mentioned that. We thought we had to know everything. So we're researching, looking up names. What we found was the stores know their, their areas. The stores name the candles. We had done all this homework. We got to market. We meet with someone and they say, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Right. And we think we know the neighborhoods, but we don't. Right. So they do. So they say, we have 27 different fragrances for them to choose from. Choose your favorite fragrances, name them, and we do all the packaging. Okay. So we made it really turnkey for them and made it work. So you go from Atlanta, you learn that these shops will, will name everything. What's the next city after Atlanta? First, I did this. I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. Right. I, we reached, researched and found some stores that we thought might be a good fit for Nashville neighborhood candles. I made some appointments with store owners in Nashville, put a cooler of candles in my trunk and drove to Nashville and met with some store owners. When I realized that the concept worked outside of Charlotte, even though they're not made in Nashville, they're named after Nashville places. Right. So it, it worked. And that's when I knew, okay, yes, now we can do Atlanta, we can go pitch it to St. Louis, to Dallas, to Boston, to little tiny towns, Cordell, Georgia. Who knew? They've got a candle collection. As you scale up this quickly, yes. are you still using your farmer's market candle maker? No. Okay. Um, we ended up buying her out. Okay. Um, we purchased some equipment and we started making them at home for a little bit. And Soon after that, when we made the decision for Christopher to leave IBM, mm -hmm. we made the decision to rent some space outside of our home. So we got a little 1,700 square foot warehouse space. And so we were making the candles there. So you become the candle makers. We are the makers. How many people do you have making candles? Um, at one point, Christopher was the only one who was pouring the candles. We had five or six who were packaging. And then there were two of us in the office printing labels and figuring out all the little packets. I love systems. I love packets. So I, I have to imagine, is, is there any hesitancy or not regret, but from Christopher's your husband? Yes. He's leaving IBM and now he's pouring candles. Is there a little bit of him that like, what the hell did I just do? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, his, his team was amazing at IBM. They said, we're so thrilled for you. His boss said, look, if it doesn't work, you can come back. Right. So I think that was encouraging to him. Right. But there's something about building 
that's really exciting. And if you like to build something, it doesn't matter. That was good. But he was, I think there was a little bit of a, a stress, um, on our relationship because this is my world. This was my hustle. That's now growing. He's just taken this massive step back. Um, and you're his boss now. Well, that's up for discussion. That's up for discussion. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks for watching and stay tuned for part two of this episode. Influencing Entrepreneurs is brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Organization of Charlotte and Spherical Media. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash or visit casmerward.com.